Hello, and welcome to the podcast Biblical Question. We are excited you have taken time out of your day to listen to our podcast. For more information about us, you may visit our website at biblicalquestion.com. We will tell you the web address again at the show's end. We encourage you to open your Bible and follow along as we study the Bible. Now here is your host, Joseph. Well, I do appreciate that introduction. I'm glad that you have joined us today in our podcast. I certainly hope and pray that God would be glorified and you as our listeners would be edified. I encourage you to please go to our website. Check that out at biblicalquestion.com. There's a lot of information there about us and for you. We also have a free ebook. If you've not downloaded that, I would encourage you to go to the web page as well and check that out. It'll be under the support tab all the way at the bottom. And I appreciate Latine Scott again for doing that for us. She is the writer and author of that book. And she's a great friend, uh, a wonderful Christian lady, and, and just been a super uh, influence in our life. And we certainly appreciate her. I'll get that out. Today we're going to continue our podcast of, in our series of uh, biblical interpretation. You know, we've had a few comments that uh, a couple of people said, "Wow, I never thought of that. Never looked at that." Uh, and somebody did say it was probably uh, more deeper than they really wanted, but uh, they were actually getting something out of it anyway. So, anyway, I, I appreciate the the positive comments, the encouragement. And the prayers for this uh, ministry, because that's what it is. Uh, we are trying our best to teach people around the world about who Jesus is and his plan of salvation, and he is the creator and God of all things. And so we're going to continue, like I said. So if you have a Bible, uh, I would encourage you to follow along and take notes as well as we kind of do something here a little bit different than we normally uh, would be doing uh, we do have some questions and answers that actually came in, and we're working on those answers, and we will be giving those in a future podcast. So I know that's kind of a popular thing uh, with a lot of our listeners, just the, the Bible questions and answers, and we kind of enjoy doing it, and we appreciate uh, people who take time if they really have a, a really good Bible question. We always like that. Okay, so... So, Simon, on our previous podcast, we introduced this this need for a, a good method of or a good application of biblical interpretation. We kind of scrutinize some of our attitudes towards God and toward His Word with this special emphasis in our last session on some basic assumptions that must be accepted before we can proceed any further with our quest to understand the Bible or Scriptures. Okay, so... The rest of what we're going to do today can be broken down into two parts. Uh, one would be exegesis, and the other one would be what is commonly known as hermeneutics. So now please realize that we're, we're going to regulate here maybe a, a little more narrow definition of the term, term hermeneutics than it usually it takes on. But for the purposes of this podcast, it really will be beneficial. And so this exegesis is the study of how to determine what the Scripture meant in its day uh, to those whom it was originally written to. We might say, say it this way. Exegesis is what is meant in the past. Not that that does not mean 
the same thing today because it really could. But first of all, we're, we're seeking out the original meeting, uh, the application, and that really should be our first priority here. It should be that first understanding to us is what is meant by the people uh, that we decide what, it, then we can decide what it really means for us today. And there's an application for us today. Sure, I believe absolutely that there's an application for us today. Uh, but we need to understand in the context uh, who it was written to. So maybe another way might to say it would be, what did Romans mean to the church in Rome uh, when Paul initially wrote that letter to them? That would be our first step. And so exegesis is this getting the meaning out of the text. And this word exegesis is really uh, a form of a Greek word. And so it means to kind of pull the meaning out of. And that's really, really what we want to get. We, we want to get out of the text what it was meant to those people initially. And I think that would really help uh, a lot of us to, to try to do this more deeply to avoid making applications that really may not be there, uh, how we're interpreting future events, and so on. And so the second part of this biblical uh, interpretation method that we're trying to, to discuss is hermeneutics. And well, most people have heard of that term, but literally it just means the study of biblical interpretation. And so in our podcast, we're, we're going to work with this uh, idea of biblical text, what it really means today as hermeneutics. Again, maybe I need to reward that, saying that hermeneutics, get that out real fast, is the meaning of the biblical text to the present day, to the people of our uh, day and time, uh, the situations, today's culture, and, and so forth. And so the regular listeners of my podcast uh, have said many, many times they like the way I make the a current day application to us today. How does this apply to us today? And I think that's important as well. And so what, what we really want to try to do here as we use this method of, of exegesis is to do a successive readings with an angle. However, it, it's not the most common approach to uh, Bible study by any means. Most Bible reading, honestly, is done for devotional purposes. People, including myself, read a block of Scripture, uh, just uh, have 10 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, however long you have, to have a moment of peace, just to read uh, and calm your day, kind of try to connect with God and, and have a little bit of prayer time. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think um, I do this with the book of Proverbs. And so if it's the uh, 24th of the month, I read the 24th Proverbs. I, if it's the third day of the month, I read the Proverbs chapter 3 and so on. And that's kind of my little personal devotional for the day. That would not be the last time I w would read the Bible per se, but that would be my devotion for the day. And, and so sometimes we don't read with this particular purpose in mind. We, we're, we just reading to be reading. And that's not to say that uh, this devotional purpose uh, doesn't have any value because it does, again, like I've just said. So 
but we're not going to call that exegesis. It's probably more of an incomplete reading, and I'm going to explain that a little better here in a minute because we we just we just again we read our favorite chapters or favorite verses or uh, how many of us sit down and really read the book of numbers okay for most of us that's probably pretty dry reading so if you don't sit down and and read the book that you're in the bible in one setting it's it again a chapter today a chapter tomorrow and when we do that we seem to lose this continuity of the book and it's really hard to read a uh, hundred and you know plus psalms in a day most of us don't have that kind of time to do that so this kind of method usually hinders us seeing the overall view of the book of that particular uh, book that we're reading from that we can have this time to do this continual uh, flow of these books we would really get uh, a lot more out of it we'd get the atmosphere out of the book as well and we had this lack of detail to to reading uh, more than often than not we we don't uh, have a pen and paper close by to make notes when we're reading and uh, note taking uh, for some of us is it's the least of our thoughts and, and observations to do that. And then by the time we get to the next chapter or the next day in our reading, we seem to just kind of forget what the previous readings that we've done uh, had any meaning to us, anything that we really got out of it. We just kind of move on. So, and, and then we get some of us who are really trying to study and really get more deep have a tendency to uh, go straight to a commentary and what we have learned in the past I know I've been guilty of this really came out of a commentary and once I kind of stopped doing that I just kind of begin reading and studying that book that's when my knowledge of the Bible really began to to really blossom uh, I had a deeper understanding who God is what he what he wants and and that's how I've been able to uh, to preach. And I think that has really helped for those who really want to listen to uh, the sermons. You know, so many people in our churches today, they just, they want to be entertained. Uh, they they want to feel good. They, they don't want to hear uh, what the Bible says entirely. So we we need to be careful about going to what I would say a commentary or consulting other men's interpretations doesn't mean that they're wrong in their interpretation it just means that we're leaning on somebody else and we really need to be leaning on ourselves we need to be studying and reading the bible uh, for our own good to, for our own depth and knowledge because once it's your knowledge it's yours for a lifetime it's you really grasp it you get it it, it becomes you own it and so I remember my father when I was a boy didn't understand it when he told me this, but he said, son, they can take a lot of things away from you. The government can come and take your house. They can take your wife. Uh, they can take your money, your car. And they can take away all your freedoms and rights. But the one thing they cannot take away is your education. So what's in your mind and in, in your heart that's, that's yours to, to keep? So 
reading whole books in one sitting is not an easy task, but I think it's a necessary one uh, for in-depth knowledge and study. Uh, I would suggest as, as you begin to do something along this line that we've been talking about in these podcasts and we'll continue this series, is to start with a small book, uh, one that you can read easily, and then you can see the fruits of your labor as you go through and start this your own personal study and and make note taking and whatnot. And so, again, I think it's it's good to have the success when we start small and work our way up bigger. I mean, uh, they didn't learn how to build skyscrapers in one setting. So, I think larger books down the road in your study in God's Word will be good. I did this while teaching in school in Arizona. Uh, the high school kids there, they uh, they had never read a complete book of the Bible. He just did it's impossible. And so we started with Jude, 20-some uh, verses. And, boy, they read it, and, boy, they were excited. They said, I want to read another book. And that's exactly what I'm trying uh, to, to get across here. So we're going to continue here in just a moment. We're going to take a break, and when we get back, uh, on the other side, we're going to talk about reading out loud. Do you enjoy our weekly podcast? Though many of our listeners around the world and poverty-stricken nations are not financially able to support our podcast, if you are able, we would be grateful for your help. We offer several ways to help support the podcast on our website, biblicalquestion.com. Would you be in a prayerful consideration in your cheerful donation or purchasing through one of our affiliates. Thank you for cheerfully helping us tell a worldwide audience about the Word of God. Okay, so we're back here, and like I said before the break, you you may want to read out loud. I think reading out loud does several things. I know we're not accustomed to that. Uh, We think reading out loud, we're just reading to our children or grandchildren, but perhaps you might be embarrassed to read out loud or something, but in the New Testament times, the scripture was read out loud in the assembly or in the congregations. And this is something I've really tried to stress over the years when I was doing pulpit work full time, was the reading of public scripture. And sadly, most churches didn't see the value of it, simply because they just hadn't been taught that or didn't want to read it. But but perhaps, you know, in the New Testament times, they only had the one copy, which was the original that that particular uh, writer, or whether it's Paul or, or Jude or whoever, that's all they had. And so this is probably how they interpret it, was from reading out loud. And so I like to read the Bible and have the audio Bible in the, in the same version uh, playing next to me. And so... Here is Paul in 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13. The Apostle Paul gives this instructions to uh, the preacher named Timothy. Until I come, devote yourself to public reading of the Scripture, to preaching and teaching. So this is something, again, I, I really wish that more congregations would really actually do. Uh, I Again, in the morning, Sunday morning worship, evenings, worship, whatever, uh, if the congregation would say, every week we're going to read a chapter out of, and you pick that book, and you read it, and the congregation listens to it. Doesn't mean necessarily they have to have this big, long, 
discussion about it, but I think it just opens up the minds of people to hear uh, the Word of God. And I would, and I know I do this, read it out loud, and, and I listen to how it sounds. I, and I try to read this without any kind of interruptions. I try to read it as, as though if I knew exactly what and how the writer was trying to say it. You know, what was his mood? What was the atmosphere? And I think you can get that better if you read out loud. You know, so many times when we read the Bible, we're reading it like it was, you know, yesterday's sports page or something. And so uh, I would encourage you your first time through, just read it quickly. Uh, and I think you should read it out loud. Obviously, try to avoid attention to details the first time you read it through, because you're, you know you're you're not necessarily looking for a theme. You're not looking to outline it. Uh, you're not looking for uh, anything special. Little things that the writer might say, because I know in the Western world we have this mindset of being systematic about everything. Uh, we try to look for logical steps. Uh, reasonings and and then we try to put it all together in this sweet little package and so avoid that temptation to slow down and focus on details or trying to to make this huge outline with it there is a place and purpose for that and we will get into that uh, down the road so again some this idea uh, and questions that come up you know is this language uh, in the book is it fast-paced is it moving, or is it kind of slow and methodical how the writer writes it? Uh, this would tell you something about the book. Uh, the answers will tell you something about the mood of the writer and perhaps the atmosphere in which those people uh, re lived who received this letter. Again, when I started years ago trying to learn the atmosphere surrounding the text I was reading, it really did help bring out the scripture and, and bring it alive. You know, I've, I've wondered how often or how red-faced Jesus called uh, when he called the Pharisees full of dead man's bones, uh, the home of the lizard and the spider. Uh, did he have this spit line going on or did he have his finger pointing or did he have a fist shaking? And I mean, what what did his face look like, you know? Are there lots of friendly references as you study this book or not? Uh, again, is the person who wrote this book uh, close to his audience or is he in a distant relationship? For example, uh, Romans chapter 16. I'm not going to read the, the chapter, but you can. Paul's addressing many close friends there. So, again, there's this closeness uh, in the in the letter to the church in Rome, uh, perhaps there is a tone of, of hard driving. Uh, is it personal? Is it tender? I think the book of Galatians is a very hard driving type book. But then, if you go to the book or letter of Philippians, I think it's very personal. It's very tender. Uh, it's it's a heartfelt prayers. Uh, that David would write in the book of Psalms. So the atmosphere and the mood really is what we're looking for here. Again, is it tense or is it not? I mean, is it laid back or gentle? Compare Galatians, uh, the intensity of that book versus the intensity 
uh, of the book of Philippines. Uh, Philippians, excuse me. It's kind of a laid-back, gentle, and even quiet book. Uh, maybe it's not a book that really deals with a lot of doctrinal or teaching matters. Maybe it deals with emotions and feelings that you can sense in your very first quick reading of, of this book. And when you read through the book, I mean, when you're done, when you start to end, how did you feel? I mean, did it make you feel tense? Uh, did it make you feel warm, angry, or uh, scared, joyful, happy, uh, sad? I mean, often our own personal emotions and the reactions to a book as we read it really does reveal the tone and the mood of the person who actually wrote the, the letter. And I think every New Testament book was written to someone uh, particular and addressed a need uh, of, of the recipients, okay? So uh, the mood may be uh, immediately given to you in, in this inkling of situations. I, I look at Galatians, for example, again. It illustrates that Paul is really upset with these people. It's very tense, and something is wrong uh, in the church in Galatia. Uh, read with me here um, in verse uh, chapter 1, verse 6. Uh, if you're following along, I'm going to read here. So uh, grab your Bible and follow along. Verse 6, here is Paul. He says, I'm amazed that you're so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel. You already get this idea? Okay. He can't believe it. He's awestruck. Verse 7, which is really not another, only that there are some who are uh, disturbing you and want you to distort the gospel of Christ. Verse 8, but even if we or another angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. As we said before, so I say it again, if a man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, he is to be accursed. You get this idea? He's trying to stress a point here. Verse uh, 10, For I am now seeking the favor of men or of God, or am I striving to please men? If I am still trying to please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. So, again, I mean, he, he's kind of irritated. There's something that has really changed. We have that going on in our culture and society today. There is this application. A different gospel being preached. Now, there's several of them being preached out there, uh, flying this flag of Christianity. And if you don't really know your Bible very well, you would think it was just all hunky-dory. So, Again, look at the other side here, this idea, uh, the letter to uh, the church in uh, Philippi. Uh, in, the first, uh, in the first chapter, verses uh, 7a, and, and note this. It's the same person who wrote these letters. It's the Apostle Paul. Again, Paul is trying to drive home points that the Galatian church accepted, yet the church in the in Philippines, they Philippians, excuse me, I'll get that out. It is embracing in his words. I mean, this indicates there's a different kind of situation going on, a different kind of group of people who are receiving these letters. Uh, the kind of literature, you know, in this book is 
what kind of level is this for you to be reading? There's different styles of writing. So we're going to say here's a type of literature uh, that they're chosen by the Holy Spirit. These words were to, to convey a mood, whether it was uh, sharing, uh, emotional. If you get this perspective and these type of things uh, as you read and study, it's going to help you determine what's going on in the book. The Holy Spirit did not just choose uh, a particular style of writing uh, to write the whole Bible. The book of Romans is what we might call a lecture. Romans is the kind of book that builds blocks, logical reasoning, and it's pretty straightforward in its, in its thinking. Uh, there's apocalyptic. Uh, the most popular book with it would be Revelation. But there's also Zechariah, uh, Ezekiel. Uh, this, this symbolic literature, it's full of pictures and not of logic. It's, it's not even really what we'd call sermons. It's just full of pictures. And that's why the book of Revelation is easily uh, distorted, I think. It can paint this picture, and somebody's going to paint it for you if you let them. You need to read the book yourself. You need to, to get rid of all the, the commentaries and all the popular guys on TV or the radio. You just read it for yourself. And if you do this, you will start to see the picture yourself. And so, does these books uh, make an impression on you as you read them? For, for what purpose? Okay, again, that particular audience needed that kind of a literature to receive the message that was needed. Poetry, okay? Uh, here's a type of, of literature, the, the book of Psalms. Beautiful, beautiful prayers. Uh, that express the nature of God, uh, the loneliness of the writer, uh, the beauty in, and the relationship that the writer has with God. Uh, Proverbs is also poetry and uh, full of wisdom, and something that the church really honestly needs. Uh, there's also the, the Song of Solomon. This is also considered poetry, and uh, it's just really a beautiful book if you read it uh, it expresses the deep love between a man and a woman and the marriage and the relationship that a husband and wife have uh, how else could it be expressed uh, i think if you really read the book that's what you're going to come out with it's not going to be all the other things that i've heard over the years of what that book really means and so uh, amos there here's a sermon style i mean this man, he, he delivered some great sermons. Uh, the Gospels are, are filled with sermons from Jesus himself. Uh, there's this idea of a historical narrative. I mean, here we have Genesis, First uh, and Second Samuel, the book of Acts, the Gospels. Uh, they have a significant meaning in the plan and the purpose of God. Uh, and there's this technical type reading as well. And this is kind of where most people, especially in our day and time in the church, they don't want to read it because it is technical. It's something they're not accustomed to reading. But it is necessary reading to become a complete uh, person in God in knowing his word. Uh, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Exodus. I mean, 
they give great details. They're very technical about the sacrifices and, and the things that are needed to be done, what the sacrifices are all about, uh, how to build the tabernacle. I mean, according to plan, God made it very clear exactly how that stuff was supposed to be done. And then you have to ask yourself, has God really changed? Well, he says he cannot. And so when he says something, he really does mean it. How he wants to be worshipped, how we're to address him and approach him, and so on. And then we have uh, these epistles or, or letters in our New Testament. Uh, they are per written to personal people, uh, to friends or congregations. Again, for example, we've already referred to Galatians and Philippians. And so we, we need to be fair warned here. Uh, we're not particularly adapt to this kind of reading. And that's because, again, we're always looking for too many kinds of details when it comes to reading our Bible. We, but we don't want to overlook this kind of reading as a starting place for correct interpretation of the Scripture. So, and then, then I would encourage you again to read that same book a second time. And, and we're going to talk about what, I, what we need to do the next time, the second time that we read this book. We'll be back right after this break. Would you like to make a bold witness for Jesus and Christianity, even when you're not even saying a word? You can both witness and inspire others in fashionable and affordable ways. You'll find the right wearables for men, women, and teens, fashionable and high quality. Our excellent Christian hoodies, Christian sweatshirts, and Christian shirts make perfect Christian gifts for any religious person in your life who would like nothing more than to express their faith through fashion and style. Check out our webpage for more information. So we're back here, and as we do our second reading, you, you might want to try this. Who was, who was the book really written to, or who was that letter really written to? A record of the people, you know, who lived in that day of time, and what I mean by that, who were they? Uh, what were they like? Uh, it's not directly written to us. For example, I want to use the book of Revelation. I think this is a book that's for happy hunting ground to sell your books. But, and that's why I want to use it at this moment. The book of Revelation was directly written to seven churches in the time in which it was written. You can do that in the first two chapters of the book of Revelation. Very clear who this book uh, was written to they understood uh, and they understood it uh, otherwise they would have thrown it away I mean honestly if you got something in the mail you read it and didn't like it didn't know it you throw it away what does that really mean this kind of reading is much more I think uh, meticulous for us in the style and the reading and the writing of the book of Revelation very similar to Daniel and Ezekiel as well it's apocalyptic type literature is something that is not part of our culture especially in the western world and so to understand that kind of literature we really have to study it out a little more uh, there's two kinds of information here when you're doing this type of reading uh, again in terms of who received this letter and i think what you need to be looking for is what is actually stated in the text of these people here. I mean, where they lived, uh, are they Christians? 
Are they materialistic? Are they hard-hearted? Uh, some detailed things that are stated in the text. What does it actually really say about those people? Like, example, we just read the book of Galatians before the break. You know, they obviously are starting to drift away from what Paul taught them about Jesus. They're looking at a different uh, Jesus. An example would be for us today uh, would be Mormonism. Whether the name of Jesus is clearly stated on their church buildings or that they have a different Jesus. They do not believe that Jesus is the creator. Obviously, very clearly, the New Testament says that Jesus is the creator. He's God in the flesh. So that would be a different Jesus, and people have uh, fallen for that, you know, a the, the Mormons. And so if you want to know more about Mormons I, and what they believe, again, I'd encourage you to go to our webpage and download that free uh, ebook. It would give you a lot of help. Anyway, so as you as you read, ask yourself what particular information did the original writer put in it. I mean, Paul does not write the same thing to the church in Rome as he does to the church in Philippi. And why is that? I mean, they're both Christians, right? I mean, they both believe in Jesus. They're both baptizing in the name of Jesus. They're taking in the Lord's Supper. They believe in the death, burial, and resurrection. But the implication is that they really did not need the same thing. They needed to hear something different. And so the material that, that was given to them, they needed to hear that. What does that say about them? What does that imply about them? Look instead what's stated. But ask yourself what is also being implied. So here, here's a little bit of warning here. I mean, as you go through, make sure that you distinguish between what is being clearly stated about the, those people who are receiving this letter and what is, what is implied. And you may have to go, you may go too far with your implications, so be careful. I mean, I know I've been done that in the past. And so now would be probably a good time to start using your pen and paper and take notes and start writing down some of this stuff or keep a file in your computer. That's what I do now. But uh, keeping notes now on your, after with your second reading, it's a good thing to start doing. And then down the road, uh, as you continue to study and read over the years, you can go back and look at your notes and start to compare things. Hey, why did I think that? Why do I think something different today? Another thing would be, uh, where are these people located? I mean, because the people in Galatia don't think the same way that people uh, in Philippi do. I mean, they have different cultures, uh, different backgrounds and situations. Their environment in which they are living, are they being persecuted? Are they at peace? Uh, what's going on? Are, are, what is their situation? And this is something I've tried to do very hard, especially with the Jewish culture, best of my abilities, is try to learn the customs, the values, uh, the morals, uh, their past and present, and so on. I mean, here, here is uh, Titus chapter 1, T Titus chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. Again, another preacher, a uh, missionary that the Apostle Paul was uh, mentoring, and he's writing to Titus. One of themselves, a prophet of their own, uh, always liars, evil bows, lazy gluttons, 
This is a true testimony. For this reason, reprove them severely so that they may be in sound faith. Okay, this is just an example uh, of what's going on. What is Paul trying to stress? What is their values, their culture, and so forth? So forth. I mean, the language in the book of, of Philippians tells a great deal about their character. They were, uh, they were transplanted uh, Romans, kind of a retirement community type thing. It's where they all went to, to retire, the, the lifestyle, the rich and famous of the day. And they were well educated. And they had uh, some strengths. And so uh, in First Slip, uh, Thessalonians chapter 4 and 9 and 10, you can read through there, uh, they were very strong. It's, but sometimes what is not stated indicates their strength because the writer doesn't see fit to establish that. So what you're looking, looking for is their weakness. And this is the key because they were probably would tell you why that letter was really written to them. When you look at a particular letter or epistle, um, look at the practical section here. I mean, what is being said, the things that are, is being said to them? It will imply where they are weak. It may indicate why the book was really written. And so uh, what is the environment? What is their culture? Uh, what problems are they having? So uh, sometimes it's clearly stated in in First Corinthians chapter 5. Paul clearly says, you have this problem. Uh, again, he will say that in uh, chapter 6 through 10. He's going to say, you have this problem. Uh, the weaknesses in Romans chapter 12 and 13 uh, tell us a little bit about what might be implied about the weaknesses in the church in Rome. Their knowledge level, are they mature, are they new converts, are they long-time uh, Christians, uh, what have they been taught, and so what is their background, did they come out of a Jewish background where they really had some uh, scriptural knowledge of a Messiah coming and so forth, so again, uh, are they really grounded in their faith or have they forgotten what they were taught, taught let, let me look at the book of Galatians, they apparently have forgotten what they were taught and what they originally uh, believed because somebody come in behind him teaching a different gospel. Why else would the Apostle Paul be uh, beyond them the way he is? So again, what is the relationship with the, the writer? Uh, what is their political situation? Uh, I, I know we don't like to mix religion and politics, but that's what, you know, we have that in some of the Bible here. Are they being persecuted or are they at peace? What is their uh, occupation? Are they slaves or are they upper class? How does that all work out in the, in the book that you're studying? What about their leadership? Do they have really strong men, uh, elders, and, and strong women? What makes up their population? Again, uh, uh, a lot of Jews or there are a lot of Greeks. Is there a mix? Free? Slave? Is there a mix of that? And so to find that data and, and look at it and, and review it and, and, and go through it. And then you should be able to come up with this, what I would call like a personality profile uh, of the people of that book that, in, in the letter that this was written to. So when you've done all this data collecting, and it sounds like a lot, and it can be a lot if you want it to be, 
But when you're done collecting all this data, you should be able to say, I know what these people are like. I know what the church there was like. Uh, I've been a member of a church just like that. Okay? And so maybe that's really the goal, uh, to feel like you have been there and you know these people and you feel you have been in their worship assemblies. I can relate to some of that stuff when I begin to study these different churches of the New Testament because I've been in some of those in her day and time and how they viewed God, the, the Bible, the culture. Were they deeply embedded and rooted with the culture? Or did they reject the culture and say, no, I'm going to accept what the Bible says about, and you fill in that blank, okay? It could be about marriage. It could be about abortion. It could be how in our style of worship. It could be about the science around us and uh, the, the galaxies and all these new pictures coming in from all these new telescopes. and I mean, it could go on and on. And so the idea is, hey, I can relate to that. And what did the writer tell them to do or not to do? Know their strengths and know your weaknesses. Uh, you know their past. You know their present. I mean, look at Philemon, Jude, Second Peter, as examples of recipients, uh, the people who receive these letters and what's going on. And so as we wind down this podcast, I know it's been a lot that I've tried to get across. I really like trying to teach this. I'm trying to figure out a good pace, how to say it, how to word it, so that many of my listeners who are not English, is not their first language, can try to follow along the best that they can. But at the same time, trying to encourage people in the Western world who have come out of Christianity who should have a deeper, better grip and understanding of the Bible. And that's what I really am trying to accomplish here. So in these two first styles of studying in, in our Bible, biblical type inter interpretation, a hermeneutic method, I really pray that this really is just a review or a skim of, of, of what we can go through, but I certainly hope and pray that, that you're beginning to catch on to the methods uh, that I'm trying to get across, how to study the Bible a little more deeply, uh, to get more out of your personal Bible studies. And again, I hope you try this with a, a short book. Uh, I'm going to be using the book of Jude a lot in future podcasts as we go through this series. And so, Use the book of Jude, the, the letter. That's that one right before the book of Revelation. And so it's only 20-some verses long, something that you can read over and over again, and you can read it out loud pretty quickly. I mean, it's just 10 minutes or less, and you could have it read probably closer to five. So you can do that, and that would probably actually help you with our next several podcasts again. So I really do want to thank you. Uh, I appreciate the positive comments. Please continue to pray for this uh, ministry, this podcast that we are doing, that more and more people would tune in to us. Uh, we get you know, more listeners all the time, it seems, from different countries. I did not realize how many countries there are in the world until I, I get my report back from uh, SoundCloud. So it's very interesting. Please consider to have a prayerful, cheerful donation to help keep this going we are getting ready to face some very large bills to continue to, to get this out. 
uh, we are pretty much self-supporting uh, and we're trying to kind of change that and ask listeners to help and we really truly need your help and prayer is one of those uh, great avenues and of course we also really truly need your financial uh, encouragement as well again i want to thank you for listening and again please uh, join us next week as we continue this series may god bless you and may he always have the glory thank you for listening to this week's podcast be sure to hit the like button and follow us on your podcasting app please check out our website at biblicalquestion.com all one word all lowercase in addition we have a prayer request page a way of contacting us a statement of faith and other resources for our listeners do you have a bible question you would like answered on a future podcast or prayer request we would be honored to hear from you and add your prayer request to our list so others may pray for you subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on our social media accounts again that is biblicalquestion.com thank you and may he have the glory